Welcome back to another episode of the 2022 BMJ Sexually Transmitted Infections podcast. My name is Fabiola Martin and I'm the BMJ SDI podcast editor. I'm consultant physician in sexual and reproductive health, HIV and HDLB medicine and senior research fellow at the School of Public Health at the University of Queensland in Brisbane, Australia. Today, we will provide you with a conference report of the 20th International Conference on Human Retrovirology, Human T Leukemia Virus, and Related Viruses hosted in Melbourne. HTLV is a blood-borne, sexually and vertically transmitted virus distantly related to HIV. HIV establishes a lifelong infection of cells in the immune system and causes serious diseases, most notably adult T-cell leukemia, lymphoma, and progressive myelopathy. My guests today are the Australian patient rep, Ms. Joanna Cortez, Dr. Carolina Rosadas, a scientist based at the National Centre for Human Retrovirology at Imperial College London, UK, and Professor Damien Purcell, HIV and HTLV scientist at Doherty Institute, Melbourne. Hello, Joanna. Welcome to our podcast. Could you please briefly introduce yourself to our listeners? Yes, hello. My name is Joanna Curtis. I'm from Tasmania. I was diagnosed with HTLV1 uh, at the end of 2019, and I'm happy to be with you today to discuss the HTLV 2022 conference. Fantastic. Thank you. Carolina, thank you so much for joining us. Would you mind introducing yourself to us? Hi, everyone. Thank you for the invite. I'm Carolina Rosadas. I am an HLV scientist working with HLV mother-to-child transmission. Thank you so much for joining me today. And Damien, would you uh, mind telling us a little bit about what you do at Doherty Institute? So I'm the theme leader for viral infectious diseases at the Doherty Institute. Been very busy with SARS here in Australia uh, recently, but prior to that, doing work on human retroviruses, HIV in particular, and over the last five years or eight years, HTLV as a major focus. Welcome today. Jana, my first question goes to you. What would you like to tell us, would like us to know about the transmission of HTLV? HTLV is primarily transmitted through condomless sexual intercourse. The most prolific HTLV epidemiologist, Antoine Jessard, provided a compelling review of existing data on HTLV's sexual transmission, which is predominantly observed in women. One of the Brazilian patient reps, Sandra Doval, eloquently outlined the poor sexual and reproductive health outcomes of women burdened with HTLV. They cannot enjoy sex for fear of transmission to their partner or they're worried of urinary incontinence during sex or suffer from disabling back pain. They often do not have babies because of fear of vertical transmission during pregnancy, delivery or breastfeeding. The substandard care of women was also reported by Argentinian patient rep Emma Moyano, whose two sisters died of blood cancer caused by HTLV-1. We also had a patient rep from Iran, and this male patient had ham TSP, which was most probably acquired through uh, prolonged breastfeeding. The good news, though, from Japan is that um, they have significantly reduced vertical transmission by introducing HTLV-1 antenatal care, testing, and formula milk subsidies. 
Christy Blakeborough, our patient rep from the UK, and I here in Tasmania, we remain displeased about the lack of routine HDLV screening in STI clinics all over the world. Both of us and our partners have had several STI screening tests, but we were diagnosed through our blood donor screening. It was an absolute shock. It is unreasonable to know of an STI and not to offer testing for it in sexual health clinics or antenatal clinics. Thank you, Jana. Yes, and I was uh, very impressed with the abstract submissions of uh, Christy and yourself where you outline how you were diagnosed and how your path, you know, developed from there until you saw a specialist. Thank you. My next question goes to Carol. What did we learn about the sexual transmission of HTLV at our conference this week? So as Joanne commented, sexual transmission is the most common route of HLV transmission. A prevalence study by Miranda et al. on blood donors in Brazil from 2007 to 2016 showed that there has been significant increase in HLV infection among younger adults and this is most probably through sexual transmission. Globally, we also see an increase of STI among younger adults. So Firmino et al. showed that HLV-1 proviral loads in vaginal fluids correlated well with HLV-1 proviral loads in the blood. And as you know, in general, patients with HLV-1-associated myelopathy have high HLV-1 proviral loads so the authors demonstrated that the detection of HLV-1 in vaginal fluids was more frequent in women who suffered from HLV-1-associated myelopathy compared to those who were asymptomatic, who tend to have lower venous viral loads. Yes, I really found that uh, report interesting. And as we know, you know, um, parent-to-child transmission is prevalent in HTLV. What did we learn about the vertical transmission? So focusing on vertical transmission, Japan continues to demonstrate a reduction of HLV-1 prevalence in pregnant women. So in Kyushu, for example, since the implementation of antenatal testing, the prevalence reduced from 5% in 1992 to 0.3% in 2021. So this is amazing. And we were very excited to hear that Brazil has officially included HLV-1 into its STI transmission prevention policy and have now recommended antenatal screening nationally. Pratis et al., reported that 15% of 366 daughters and sons of HLV-1 seropositive mothers tested HLV-1 positive. Vertical transmission to babies was increased fourfold in older mothers when they were older than 30 years and was sixfold higher if babies had been breastfed for more than six months. On the other hand, Babies who had not been breastfed rarely tested positive, and C-section did not reduce vertical transmission significantly. So we really need to test mothers living in HLV endemic regions and help them to breastfeed for no longer than three to six months. Thank you so much. That is a fantastic summary of a long conference. 
And uh, I would like to now talk to Damien. Damien, thank you very much for organizing our conference as our chair. I know that you're passionate about biomedical prevention strategies. What did we learn about pre- or post-exposure prophylaxis against HTLV-1? Well, it's a very exciting uh, conference, Fabiola. Thank you to you for co-organising the meeting as well. Uh, for new data that was presented internationally for the first time from uh, James Cooney, showing that, in fact, two uh, therapeutic drugs, when combined, uh, serve as a very effective PrEP regimen. So uh, the tenofovir alafenamide, TAF, that uh, achieves a very high therapeutic dose within infected T-cells, in combination with an integrase inhibitor, dolutegravir, in their model system, which was a really stringent model, was a human immune system mouse with no immunity contributing to prevention. And this, this combination of drugs was able to very effectively block the entry of virus into those cells. So the mice were protected, and that is really good news, very encouraging for movement forward into perhaps a primate study or even because they're uh, allometrically scaled and safe, uh, effective drugs. This is a regimen that can be used and tested in humans without maybe further animal testing. On top of that, an even more exciting development for some of the First Nations communities that we're very concerned about, particularly here in Australia, is a, a study presented by Gadel Martens and her colleagues showing that integrase inhibitors uh, of many types actually have activity against HTLV. And of particular importance and significance is the long-acting integrase inhibitor carbotegravir, which offers a potential for months-long protection from a single dose in her uh, model systems, and it was mostly uh, structural biology models, were able to demonstrate very high activity and affinity against the HTLV integrase enzyme. So what this means, we probably have prep regimens that are going to potentially prevent transmission and maybe also uh, post-exposure prophylaxis with these same combinations that might reduce the penetration of virus upon that, uh, a, a chance of an infection and prevent it from achieving the high proviral loads which are associated with disease. We also had a vaccine session so and a discussion panel. What did you take home from that session? The vaccine session was very interesting. Uh, we're in a new era for vaccines after COVID and uh, SARS-CoV-2. And so two things. Firstly, HIV and HTLV are very difficult targets for a vaccine, in particular HIV, because of the very high diversity of the virus. HTLV has less diversity, genetic diversity, for a vaccine to protect against. So the thing that was encouraging is that Firstly, in a model system in, in cows that have a similar virus to HTLV, it's a delta retrovirus, we call it, called bovine leukaemia virus, uh, the presenter, Luke Willems, gave a very nice demonstration that he was able to prevent transmission using a live attenuated approach. So a, a vaccine that uh, is protective against disease, but sadly, probably for humans, these vaccines also work with HIV, but they were deemed to be unsafe. But the important thing is, that there are new insights into how those vaccines might be working, unfamiliar modes of immune protection that really warrant further investigation. And when we look further through the prevention session, we had some very nice presentations where uh, studies are beginning to use these new technologies that really emerged from uh, many, many years of HIV vaccine development, were transposed into the SARS coronavirus vaccine uh, world with very great uh, 
effectiveness. So things like uh, a presentation from Keith Chappell, who demonstrated that a stabilised uh, spike trimer type vaccine, so it's the envelope uh, of HTLV held together in a structural conformation that presents the neutralising antibody epitopes and other antibody-based epitopes, that seemed to be quite an effective potential uh, strategy, not yet fully tested, but uh, demonstrating the first step of those new technologies penetrating across to HTLV. In the context of therapeutic vaccines, we did see some very interesting presentations from Japan, from uh, Mari Kanagi, uh, and another one from Fox Chase Cancer Centre, uh, using new modes of stimulating protective T-cell responses that offer the potential to therapeutically reduce the load of infected HTLV1 cells within a patient, which uh, is thought to be very important, potentially reducing the chance of disease or even treating disease if should it arise. So I think these are very positive steps, but clearly vaccines have got a bit further to go. And uh, we're hopeful that there'll be a lot more new research in this area, because I think it really is a new opportunity to, to really target a gettable target with HTLV. I mean, certainly, because what we are all focusing on is the elimination of HTLV. And what I was most impressed with at our conference was that we had so much patient participation. So four patients presented in four different languages, Portuguese, Japanese, Farsi, and English. And four patients were elected by the IRVA members to receive the IRVA International Award, so International Retrovirologies Association's Award. And that's fantastic because we recognize now that activism is really important in our call to action and to prevent HLV transmission and improve its elimination. So there is no question that we are all, and the patients are frustrated. They want comprehensive STI and antenatal screening, support with partner notification and support after diagnosis. For example, we presented a multi-center survey from Argentina Australia, Brazil, Martinique, which is France, Jamaica, Japan, and UK, confirming that donors who test HTLV positive rarely receive HTLV relevant information, are not linked with HTLV specialists, and are left to arrange their own partner or children testing. What was most promising was the engagement of the World Health Organization with our conference and with the International Retrovirology Association. Dr. Meg Doherty presented the WHO 12 recommendations supporting the mapping, prevention, and elimination of HDRV1. And finally, I'm pleased to report that 174 EVA members signed the global call to action towards the elimination of HDRV1. This letter is accessible on the conference website and the EVA website. It demands rapid implementation of transmission prevention strategies, effective linkage with HDRV healthcare, and meaningful funding to foster translational research. So really, I can only congratulate to all participants and members to this amazing conference. It was a huge leap forward towards the end goal. We have come to the end of our podcast. Thank you all. I would love to ask you for one more final message. So Joanna, what would you like our listeners to uh, take home as a take home message? We need HTLV to become visible by making it a notifiable disease in all states in Australia and ideally the world. Thank you. Make it notifiable. And Carolina, could you please part with one important comment for us? 
So my take-home message is we need to implement HLP antenatal screening. Thank you so much. And Damien, what would you like us to uh, think more about after this podcast? I think that we can think about PrEP as a, a means of preventing HTLV transmission. Thank you all. Here with me today are Joanna Cortez, Australian HTLV patient rep, Carolina Rosadas, HTLV scientist at Imperial College London, and Damien Purcell, HIV and HTLV scientist at Doherty Institute, Melbourne. The message of the HTLV 2022 conference is clear. HTLV is sexually and vertically transmitted, should be a notifiable infection, and should be tested in STI and antenatal clinics to increase its visibility. Combination pre-exposure prophylactic antiretroviral HTLV-1 therapy could be a reality soon. These strategies would support the elimination of HTLV-1 effectively. Many thanks to our listeners. Please remember to read the blog specific to this podcast and follow us on Twitter or Facebook. We would welcome your feedback. Stay safe and enjoy your day. Mm-hmm.